the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christy Noem strikes again. How can you not love Christy Noem? While the idiots in Washington are putting on an impeachment circus, which I don't know why anybody would pay attention to uh, it. I, I don't get it. But anyway, Christy's out there just telling all the idiots in uh, D.C. to leave her and her state alone. In case you didn't know, she's the governor of South Dakota. And she kept her state open during all the COVID insanity. She welcomed crowds. Her unemployment rate went down. Her economy is great. Businesses are not going under and not going down like they are most other states. She just left people alone. And you may have noticed that since the big guy took over, he's basically done nothing but show up and sign executive orders and then uh, ask Dr. Jill what he just signed. Uh, but, but out in South Dakota, they followed their governor's lead. Legislation was introduced in the House of Representatives, and it gives the state's attorney general the authority to review executive orders from Joe Biden and nullify any order that they think is unconstitutional. How about that? Here's what the law says. Once the referral has been made, the attorney general may examine uh, the order to determine whether the state can seek an exemption or or declare it unconstitutional. That's a quote. And it says that South Dakota could be exempt from any law or order, quote, that restricts a person's rights that is determined to be unconstitutional. What a concept, eh? Here's what the guy who introduced the legislation said. The U.S. Congress has abdicated their duty for a long time in different areas. This bill is simply setting up a process to nullify acts that would be unconstitutional. When looking at the Constitution, the president only has the powers that are laid out in Article 2, of course, that's for people who want to be bothered, you know, with reading the Constitution. It's kind of annoying. You have to kind of pick it up and read it. Anyway, he said that if the president ordered a nationwide mask mandate, for example, it would go against the power laid out in Article 2, and it would also go against the protection of the rights that lie underneath the Tenth Amendment. Again, what a concept. Imagine that, a state telling the idiots in Washington to take a hike and read the Constitution. And you know Christy Noem's going to sign this one in a hot minute. How could South Dakota not be your favorite state? I know no beaches, gets kind of cold out there, uh, but it's America the way America is supposed to be. And if I were a lot younger, and I've said it here before, and I'll continue to say it, and I'm 100% serious, if I were younger, I would be moving to South Dakota. And speaking of uh, being a lot younger, by the way, do you have any idea – what the, uh, the COVID hysteria is doing to young people on college campuses. We'll have some stories for you in the second half hour that'll, uh, man, you'll just, you won't believe it. Well, you probably won't believe it. But anyway, we'll have that in the second half hour. When we come back, we're going to tell you why China is thrilled that the big guy is president and why you should be very afraid. Stick around. And mounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D I N O V I T E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I had seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. 
Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-in Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit, like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at lifelock.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, when the big guy isn't signing executive orders, he's doing whatever he can to make China happy. And if China is happy, that probably means it's not a good thing for the country or for you, for that matter. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China. You can follow him at at Gordon G. Chang, and he joins us now. Gordon, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much, John. So uh, I've been thinking of calling you for a while because I I keep seeing uh, new people in the Biden administration who seem to have uh, ties to China. How is this going to be different from when Donald Trump was president, based on what uh, you're seeing to this point? The difference is going to be Biden himself, because he has views which are outdated, um, which is that we can cooperate with China. We can work with Beijing. Um, we've got a couple of areas that they are very hopeful on, uh, climate, for instance, and pandemic. I don't think that that is possible. And I think that we're going to see China try to test Biden in ways that they did not try to test Trump, largely because I think they were afraid of President Trump. And we know from what people in Beijing have been saying recently that they're not afraid of uh, President Biden. What does afraid mean? I mean, what what would they be afraid of with I mean, we're not talking about, you know, Donald Trump's not going to start a war with them. But what would they be afraid of with Trump that they're not afraid of with Biden? I think that they were, you know, they they were certainly afraid that um, Trump was unpredictable, that they could Mm -hmm. not um, with any assurance uh, figure out where he was going. And also what, what Trump did, which was historic was change the thinking about China, that it was no longer um, that we should support the Communist Party. What we should be doing is imposing costs on China for unacceptable behavior. 
And so we saw the Trump administration take steps that would have been inconceivable in uh, the Obama years or even in the years of George W. Bush. So um, that is the reason why they think that they can reestablish the connection with um, the Biden team. We heard those comments from a Chinese academic on November 28th, which were spread across China, which they basically said that through Wall Street, they would be able to determine outcomes at the highest level of the American political system in a Biden administration, where they didn't think that they were able to do that during the Trump years because Wall Street was shut out of the Oval Office. The average person doesn't walk around uh, in America, I mean, doesn't walk around uh, thinking about China and worrying about China, uh, as, especially not to the degree that someone like me, uh, old enough to remember the, the Cold War, and even as far back as when you know they had kids hiding under desks in case there was a nuclear uh, attack from Russia. People just don't seem to be aware of it. And is China has, has China succeeded in creating an image of a, of a benevolent enemy, if that's possible? I think that they had largely succeeded um, in convincing the world that it was moving in the right direction up until about Xi Jinping taking over as general secretary of the Communist Party, and that was late 2012. And then we saw China in a number of um, assertive moves made people question about this whole notion that we should engage China. And especially during the last year, John, with coronavirus, um, and especially with um, the revelations about genocide, um, it, the image of China really has changed. And I think that we are looking at a new China, something that is really horrible um, and something that uh, is very different than what we were looking at, let's say, two, three years ago. Horrible. That's a, that's a strong word. Um, I mean, are they more horrible today than they were two months ago when Donald Trump was still president? Well, they probably, in, in a sense, um, you know, the, their nature has not changed. Um, what has become obvious is they're committing crimes against humanity, including genocide against um, the Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other uh, Muslim-majority peoples in the northwestern part of the country, uh, things that they did with the Tibetans, but were able to, I think, do it out of sight of the international community. We're learning much more about this, and the international community has got to confront this, especially as we come up um, on the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, um, because that, of course, makes people um, think back to the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, and it makes people think about the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, which um, the Xi Jinping, uh, who was responsible for the Games, put on that totalitarian spectacle, which was ghastly. We're talking to Gordon Chang. He's the author of Com The Coming Collapse of China, and you can find him, follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, C-H-A-N-G. Um, so, um, Gordon, what about uh, Dr. Fauci uh, I, I, being excited? Uh, he was, I mean, he was hard, having trouble containing himself with uh, how excited he was about rejoining the World Health Organization. How happy will that make China, and what, how will that change things? Well, that'll make China very happy because, as we've seen today, the WHO mission, which is now in China, has endorsed China's um, propaganda lines. Um, we've got to remember that the WHO was complicit in China in spreading this disease beyond China's borders. Senior doctors at the WHO knew that the coronavirus was highly contagious, but the political leadership of the organization, in a January 9th statement and a January 14th tweet, tried to convince the world it was not contagious. That was China's propaganda line. The WHO also pressured countries not to impose travel restrictions and quarantines on arrivals from China, which was one of Beijing's foreign policy objectives. And it was those arrivals from China that took a disease that should have been confined to the center part of China and turned it into a global pandemic. So um, I believe that uh, rejoining the WHO is hideous. This, this organization is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans, and we should not be funding it. That's pretty strong stuff there. Uh, do, do you think that this, what happened with the Wuhan virus, uh, have you become convinced that this qualifies as biological warfare? Well, certainly it was. We don't know at this point um, the origins of the novel coronavirus. 
It looks like it came from the lab, but that has not been settled. But we do know what Xi Jinping did once this disease crippled China. He, um, as I mentioned, lied about the contagiousness for at least five weeks, which is a very long period in terms of diseases. And he forced countries to accept arrivals from China when he was locking down his own country, which meant that he thought that uh, locking down um, prevented disease, which means that by leaning on other countries to accept arrivals from China, he knew he was spreading it. So there's only really one conclusion that fits the facts, that whatever the origin of the disease, he turned it into a biological weapon. He deliberately spread this beyond his borders. This was mass murder. And so when someone does that, there should be a price to pay. How do you make China make a pay a price without all-out war? Well, I think that we can cut uh, economic relations, cut trade, cut tie, uh, cut investment, um, technical sharing cooperation, all the other uh, contacts that we have in the cultural area. And the reason why we need to do this, John, um, is that this is not the last pathogen that will be generated from Chinese soil. And we cannot allow Chinese leaders to think that they can do this again, to deliberately spread a disease. We know that the Chinese are working on pathogens that will leave the, China, that are, leave the Chinese alone and will sicken only foreigners, which means that the next disease from China could cripple, civilization, cripple countries around the world. This could be a civilization killer. That's uh, pretty strong too. Uh, you know, it's it. Um, I, 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 it just seems like people are not concerned about it. And I, when I say people, I don't just mean the average person on the street. I mean, we just talked about people in the in the Biden administration being very friendly with China. How does this happen? If if, if with all this going on. Well, um, after the end of the Cold War, um, we had this notion that history had ended that we needed to integrate hardline regimes into the international system. And we worked very hard to support the Communist Party. We felt it was in our interest to support communism in China. And um, Biden's views of China were formed in that era. And I don't think that he's really changed them. We'll see what he does as president. But so far with his executive orders, he's done a number of things which are really big victories for China. Not everything he's done has made Beijing happy. But he's done many things to do so. So we've got to be concerned about the general trajectory of what his administration will do. We're talking to Gordon Chang. He's the author of Coming, The Coming Collapse of China. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Um, so are they, uh, uh, what, what signs are you seeing in this first month that uh, make it clear to you that China likes the new sheriff in town? Concrete evidence of that. Well, on the first day of the administration, he, um, President Biden rejoined the World Health Organization, which China mm-hmm. dominates, um, right. rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, which benefits China uh, and doesn't benefit the United States in the same way. Um, we saw that executive order, which uh, allowed China once again to sell equipment for our grid, permitting China to sabotage um, our electricity system. Um, the Biden administration lifted a ban on or delayed a ban on investment into military linked Chinese companies through the stock markets. The list goes on and on of what the administration has done. Now, not everything, uh, as I said, um, is uh, pro-China. The administration has done um, some very good things with regard to Taiwan and with the South China Sea. But nonetheless, on balance, Beijing has to be very happy with what the Biden administration has done so far. Just a few days after Joe Biden was inaugurated, um, he revoked a policy that would force American uh, colleges to uh, reveal cooperation with chapters of the Confucius Institute. Why would Biden think that's a good idea and why isn't it a good idea? I don't know why he would think that's a good idea. Um, China's United Front, uh, the Communist Party's United Front Work Department tries to influence college um, campuses through the Confucius Institutes. And we know that through other ways, um, Chinese diplomats, the Ministry of State Security agents on our soil, tried to um, make sure that Chinese students do what uh, Beijing wants, including stealing um, our intellectual property. So um, we should be removing Chinese influences from our campuses, uh, not um, going the other way. Uh, for people who don't know, it, what, what, what does the Confucius Institute 
do? First of all, what is it disguised as and what is it really doing? Confucius Institutes are, are meant to teach Chinese language. Um, and indeed, they also have a secondary purpose of teaching Chinese culture. And China's um, nominally Ministry of Education funds these, but really the money is funded by the Communist Party's United Front Work Department, which is the group inside the party which is meant to influence non-communist parties around the world. And so um, we have uh, an attempt to undermine our freedoms um, which is being directed nominally by the Ministry of Education, but really by China's militant Communist Party. But the, a, a kid on, walking around on campus thinks it's just a nice uh, student exchange program of some kind, right? Yes, um, until they try to put on a program for Tibet, which a friend of mine tried to do at the University of Rochester, and then get incredible um, pressure from university administrators who are much more concerned about tuition from uh, students from China than they are about academic freedom. So um, Beijing has been very successful in restricting um, narratives about Tibet and other sensitive topics um, through the Confucius Institutes and through other levers of influence on American campuses. And by the way, University of Pittsburgh had a Confucius Institute I don't know if they still do, uh, but it was there for a while, a long time. Um, and uh, that's the only local school that I know of that has it, but it, it was there. Uh, so are, are the people at the universities who allow this, uh, are they just uh, useful idiots, or do they know what's going on and just don't care? I think that it's an issue of money primarily because Chinese students normally pay full tuition, um, and so therefore are seen as a source of cash for universities. Um, also, just generally, um, it fits in with a leftist, leftist narrative, which seems to be dominating um, American uh, campus thought. So I think there are a lot of motivations, but it's pernicious. And we have to remove these if we're going to maintain um, freedom of speech on college campuses, because China is doing its best to make sure that um, narratives on China um, are only China-friendly. And we're dealing with actual spies, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, there's an estimate that about 13% of the once 397,000 Chinese students on our campuses were engaged in activities which were incompatible with their status. In other words, that they were um, stealing information uh, and sending it back to China. And um, this, we've allowed this to occur because... Chinese students have been monitored by Chinese diplomats and by Ministry of State Security agents. And those activities, of course, um, are either illegal, criminal, or in the case of diplomats, um, incompatible with their status. So we've allowed this situation to occur. And it's not just um, Biden. It's not just Trump, not just Obama, not just Bush. This has been going on for quite some time. And, of course, the issue, of course, on campus now with with um, political correctness, um, is that if you raise the issue and suggest that one of these Chinese students is a spy, it's because you're a racist and you're stereotyping, right? We've got to be clear. Yes, you're right. But we've got to be clear because China's 2017 national intelligence law requires every Chinese national to spy if demanded by a government official or a Communist Party official, which means that Every Chinese national on our campuses or anywhere else in our society is under a compulsion to spy. So it is not racist to be concerned about uh, people who hold the passport of the People's Republic of China. They should be automatically under suspicion because of this compulsion to spy. Well, and, and um, it's, it's not going to get the prospects of it getting any better with Joe Biden in charge the prospects aren't good, are they? No, they got to be concerned because, as I mentioned, um, he comes at uh, China with an attitude which is outdated, which was formed in an era where there was much more optimism about the direction of uh, the Communist Party. Um, but that's no longer appropriate because we know what uh, China has been doing. Um, we know that they incited violence on our streets last year and indeed this year as well in connection with the January 6th Capitol Hill riot. Um, so that's more than just subversion. That's an act of war. 
And Beijing has been very successful at uh, getting Americans to do what they want through various means. So um, we have to look at China in a very different light, a China that intends to overthrow our government. And we've got to be clear about this because May 2017, People's Daily, which is the most authoritative publication in China, ran a piece that declared a, quote, unquote, people's war against the U.S. So they consider us to be their enemy. And we do not look at China in the same way. And the president of the United States doesn't look at China in that way. And that could very well be our undoing because we cannot assume that we're going to get through this with a country. Um, China believes that we don't have sovereignty. And they are working very hard to make sure that they rule the world. Gordon, that's some pretty scary stuff as usual. Always good to have you on. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, John. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, that's Gordon Chang, uh, the author of Coming, Co- the Co- Coming Collapse of China. Follow him at tw- on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The impeachment trial of former President Trump continues at this hour on Capitol Hill. Today's proceedings began with House prosecutors laying out their case against the former president, saying his fiery rhetoric led directly to the Capitol riot on January the 6th. After a short break, Trump attorney Bruce Kester began his defense talking about the critical role of free speech in American democracy. Five people, reportedly patients, have been shot at a Minnesota health clinic. A suspect was taken into custody. There's still no further information on the attack on the five people, their condition. The shooting happened at the Alina Clinic in Buffalo. That's about 40 miles northwest of Minneapolis. Stocks ending mixed. The Dow lost 10 points. The Nasdaq gained 20 today. The S&P was down four. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. That is a person who does not have a role as a leader of our party going forward. That apparently is the mindset of one congressman, Liz Cheney. That, of course, is the Pelosi agenda. The Democrats, they're terrified of Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows, well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. 
Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm who put his problems to rest. They got the job done, and life is good. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. For details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP-Pittsburgh. W223CS-Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looking like we're cleared out on the Parkway East and the Parkway West. Parkway North also moving along without any delays reported. Still seeing heavy delays, though, through Washington County westbound 70, jammed from 43 to 481. That from an earlier crash. Now, there's also an accident in Mount Lebanon area, Bower Hill Road at Rob Hollow Road in Monroeville, Forbes Road, blocked with construction between Haymaker Road and Westmoreland Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight will be mostly cloudy and cold. Tonight's low 15. Tomorrow, cloudy, cold with snow at times in the afternoon. Watch for slippery roads. We'll see a high tomorrow of 26. Tomorrow night and Thursday, snow at times. Storm total snowfall 3 to perhaps 6 inches by Thursday evening with slippery travel. The low tomorrow night, 18. Thursday's high, 28. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. College ain't cheap. Uh, it's bad enough when you have to pay that kind of money just to be indoctrinated in the classroom by liberals. But what about paying forty or 50000 a year to be taught on your iPad? And what about paying that kind of money to be treated like a prisoner? That's what's happening uh, on campuses all over the country. Avita Duffy is a college student and an intern at the Federalist. She wrote a piece about this today, and she joins us now. Avita, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So it's a great piece, uh, and uh, some astonishing things in there. Um, your headline is, uh, quote, Universities' insane COVID rules and snitch culture are training the next generation to embrace totali- totalitarianism. <laughs> How are they doing that? I know it's, it's a complicated thing, but just let's start with that. Well, so first of all, people might not realize the title, but snitch culture is um, what I mean by that is we have these snitch lists at universities across the country where kids can anonymously report their peers for not wearing a mask properly or not standing five or six feet apart or for, you know, having a group of of friends over at their apartment. Um, Sometimes having just like one or more friends at your apartment to get you in trouble. Um, So at my school, there were students who I, I mentioned in the article who had gotten in trouble for wearing masks, but taking a picture and not being six feet apart. And they were specifically targeted for not being um, left-wing students on campus. It's pretty clear that was the reason they were reported. And so there's a tolerance for, for some kind of behavior, for, for, for rioting and for, for protesting, if you it's for a left-wing uh, cause. And then if you're a conservative student, uh, the rules don't apply and, and you are, the same rules don't apply and you are, you know, you will be punished. Amazing. Now, you go to the University of Chicago, or you went there? Are you still a student there? Yes, I'm. I'm still a student there. I'm a junior. I this is my my, my third year, and it's um it's it's pretty sad actually. I mean, we're paying a lot of money um to go here, oh. especially at U Chicago, but most schools, and we are not able to use the services that we are paying for. We we can't. We have to. If the gyms are open, and at some schools they are, some schools they aren't. If they are open, you have to wear a mask while you're running. <laughs> you have to uh, sign up to, to go use the services, and you um, have to leave, you know, within 50 minutes. So it's it's kind of and you, the libraries are all closed. Um, it's it's really um, kind of a scam. Well, you wrote, you mentioned uh, uh, the kids uh, who got um, they had their picture taken, and they somebody uh, ratted on them. 
because they they weren't socially distanced uh, properly. Explain what happened there. So these are six guys, and they they take a and and somebody who do they who who do they snitch to, and what do they? I mean, it's just is there somebody is there a snitch office that you can go to to report somebody yeah. for that? So it's an online website, um, and and every school has their own little you know. Uh, software for it and and you can um, anonymously report people so these students there was actually a group of nine students all of them were wearing masks they were not standing six feet apart they were having their arms around each other like regular students would um, and they were reported and targeted um, mostly because they were conservative students um, and the the what's so incredible about this story is that these are most of them are conservative or libertarians and they were so afraid of being targeted by a future employer um, or of uh, drawing more attention to themselves that they refused to be named in the article and they would not allow me to share the photo on, um, on, the, on the Federalist piece that I wrote. So it, they, it is real um, scare tactics and, frankly, totalitarianism and a social credit system like you see in communist China where everything that you say or do um, is, is being added up and students know the consequences. They realize that they um, they are being watched, and so they're 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 afraid, and that's why they wouldn't talk to me. So these nine guys, I thought it was six, but it's nine. They they get mm-hmm. th- their pictures taken, and they get snitched on. So what's the repercussions for them? I and mean, what is there a penalty? Do they? Uh, is it just points against them in the social uh, scoreboard? Right. So th- I mean, the social scoreboard is more like for after they graduate, they don't want to be have that tainted on them. But at, at the university level, it depends on the school. Some schools are, are more extreme than others. Like UW-Madison, if you have a certain number of infractions, and at UChicago, you could be um, suspended. Uh, at UChicago, if they had had one more infraction after their first one, um, which would have been the picture, they would get kicked out of housing. So it was a, it was definitely something that they're very, you know, they're wary of. They don't want to, um, you know, have people know that that's on their record and then try and get them again so they'll get kicked out of housing. It's, it's you know the stakes are are actually high, um, and and uh, it's it's serious. It's just scary. Um, so here's the thing, though, Avita, uh, and we're talking to Avita Duffy. You can see her piece up at thefederalist.com, and and she's a college student and an intern and a really good writer, by the way, Avita. It's a really good uh, column you wrote there. Um, uh, why do people? See, I, I went to college in the. I'm an old guy. I went to college in the '60s and '70s when. You know, you've seen stories about the protests over the Vietnam War and and all that stuff that was going on. And kids were very rebellious at that age. And, uh, you know, uh, many of us, many of the the people I knew would be protesting and would really not even be that uh, well versed on what they were protesting about. It was just was an excuse to show you that you're a rebel, you know. So I I can't understand how that colleges are getting away with this because I can't understand how the kids put up with it, especially for the amount of money that you're paying to go there. Uh, why not just leave and, and say, you know what, I'll be back when COVID's over. I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go get a job for a year. Well, that's a great question. And I think that, you know, a, a big a big part of it is that a lot of students on campus, I would I would argue the majority of them actually like these rules. I think they oh, want them. Boy. Um, there, there's been a, there's, I, I think you made, you made a great point, and I made this point in the piece too, that in the 60s, um, there was a real free speech movement. Um, the, the leftists at that time were actually better defined today as libertarians. Um, and they, they wanted to have the university administrators out of their lives. They didn't want women to have curfews yep. um, and, and their parents having to check up when they, when they can and can't leave their dorm room. Um, and they, they worked really hard to to have that freedom. And we've seen a shift in the years of what it means to be a leftist and what it means to be a liberal. And and now it's it's actually, you know, it, it, it really it looks more like fascism than it looks like um, real liberalism that you saw in, in this free speech movement of the 60s. And um, so, so, yeah, I think actually there's a lot of kids who, who are cheering on these administrators who are turning in their compliant, their non-compliant classmates. And um, they're creating a cult. They're contributing and encouraging a culture of fear. And um, they're forcing the students who want to live normal lives, who think these rules are overreaching and, and wrong, they're forcing them into submission and into silence. Well, 
um, the snitchers. Uh, you mentioned that if you're a conservative uh, and if you're if you're identified as a conservative, you are uh, might be in more danger because they're more likely to be snitched upon. But is this such a big deal for the liberal kids that they would also snitch on their uh, on other liberals? Or are you pretty safe if you're a liberal, as long as you're identified as one? Uh, are you are you safe from the snitching? Yeah, I mean you're 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 pretty safe from from the snitching. I wouldn't say you're you're, you're completely exempt. I mean it it depends on the situation, it depends on the school, but especially at, at my school, which tends to be less is is left leaning. Um, you know the the, the liberal students use it as a weapon and conservative students think that these the snitch system is not a good thing and they don't use it right they're like this is not cool we're not going to be reporting other students and then the liberals use it to target others and then they they allow their friends to get away with it so there are there are many pictures online of leftist students on this very campus who have not been reported who are maskless sitting right next to each other on the quad and that has not been reported and they have not been um you know turned in so it, there's there's double standard, and what's worse is actually the double standard. Um, you see it when earlier in the year there were there were leftist students on campus protesting, massless, causing destruction of property, and I think that the university was afraid to enforce. And I I've talked with some of the people that I talked to anonymously who were in that photo. They're freshmen. They said they think the university is actually afraid to enforce the rules on these leftist students because they don't want to be seen as racist. <laughs> That's not just that's not surprising. Um, so they've gotten really creative with Wisconsin. You wrote about um, what's the safe badgers app. Right. So in, in Wisconsin, um, they they've had a COVID outbreak um, and they've been very strict about about the rules and they want to track um, how many students are being tested. Each the student has to be tested every four days at UW-Madison if you're going to be on campus. Um, and so they have the Safer Badger app that you have that basically tracks, um, you know, your your COVID uh, test to make sure that you've been tested in time. And then if you haven't been tested, you're not allowed to use university buildings. And um, continually, the punishments get get bigger and bigger. So you you know you, you might be kicked out of housing, you might be suspended, you might you know have something go on your record. But what's what's most troubling about it, what most students are worried about, is um, is the tracking. On, on the on the uh, the safer badger app is what they call it um, to, to to track who's um, who's been tested and who's not. So the university says we're not tracking students, we're not seeing your location, but there are location services on the app, and the app actually uses Bluetooth services um, to see where there are clusters of students together and to see who these students are. So they really are not being honest when they're saying we're not tracking students because the optional services are there. And if you turn on the services, they will know where you are. Um, and who knows, you know, if you click decline to the services, if you'll actually be declined, we don't know. I mean, we, this has been created by a third party and we don't, we don't understand the software. So it's, it's definitely troubling um, on a lot of levels at UW-Madison. And this is just one example. This is happening everywhere. So when you say everywhere, you've, this is happening in a different uh, campuses around the country. Yeah. With the apps. Now, um, so if you are clustering and the app tracks you and you're nabbed, um, do they knock on your dorm room door, you know, later that night and say, hey, we have uh, evidence here that you were in a group with um, uh, more than, I don't know, whatever the stupid number is, uh, that, you're, you know, you're over the limit. Um, and then they, what do they do? Do you get suspended? Do you get, what happens? Well, I mean, theoretically, the app is not supposed to be used for punishment purposes. It's supposed to just be used to, to track how many times you've been tested. So it's, yeah. it's unclear whether that has happened yet. And the university has been very, you know, adamant that they aren't using it to track students. Um, so I, I'm not sure if they would take that step. Um, but it, but it, it is certainly reasonable to think that if they know that there are clusters of students, they would um, send university officials or officers there to break up um, to break up gatherings. So it's definitely been something that they've uh, been struggling with on that, on, on especially UW Madison, because people still want to see each other and gather. And the university has been really trying to crack down on that. And so it, I, I'm not sure if it's, it's happened yet. It's, that's yet to be seen. But it is reasonable to think that they would be using these, this, the Bluetooth um, to figure out where these clusters are and to maybe tip off police officers. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. Crazy. Now, I, I you know. To me, college is supposed to be fun. I mean, it's you, you go there to learn. Everybody knows that, and you know you have to have your priorities set right. But 
It should be. I've said to people, I, I, when my grandson was getting ready to go away to college, this is actually what I said to him. I said, listen, if you go away to college and you don't have a good time, it's probably a good idea to just give up on life because if you can't have fun in college, you ain't having fun anywhere. I mean, that's the way I felt about college. I cannot imagine for one second being, if unless I was forced to do it, living under the conditions you're describing, Evita. I couldn't do it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not at my age now. I'm talking about as a 19- or 20-year-old guy. No way on this earth I could put up with that. Wouldn't do it. So I can't. That's, that's what bothers me the most about this is that people put up with it. Just leave. I think it's real, it, it is. It's crazy, and I think what it is, it's, it's a cultural shift. I mean, we're seeing students, one, they're afraid, and two, they're putting up with it. So I, I think that it's, it's really indicative of who we are as a country, as a future, because um, frankly, I don't, I don't think that the, the 1960s, you know, cultural revolutionaries would have put up with this at all. And we are. And I think that that, that says something about slowly where we've progressed as a country. Evita, I got a minute left. What's your major at uh, Chicago? I am a history major, American history major, and a creative writing minor. Oh, okay. So American history and creative writing, you do a good job on both in the piece. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, running, I'm out of time. I only have 30 seconds left. Uh, are you going to stick it out till you graduate another year? You know, I'm too far in. Um, I'm a junior, so <laughs> I'm going to try and do that. <laughs> hey, I, I, a really great piece at The Federalist. As a creative writer, if you got a piece like you just put up there at The Federalist, uh, you picked the right major, and you're doing a good job. Uh, you should be really proud of that piece. I, I appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thanks so much. Okay, that's Avita Duffy, and we will be right back. Twenty twenty one is already off to a disturbing start for conservatives. We've seen Twitter unilaterally shut down President Trump's account. The conservative platform Parlor was booted off the Apple Store by Apple, and Big Tech is muzzling free speech at a speed that nobody could have predicted. Nobody except biologist and evolutionary theorist Brett Weinstein, who appeared in the film No Safe Spaces, to issue this warning about political correctness running amok. YouTube and Google, Facebook and Twitter dictate whose voices can be heard. And if those entities start trying to engineer the conversation to adhere to the rules laid out with these phony Trojan horse terms, disaster will be the result. You and your family need to see No Safe Spaces now before any more of our freedoms are muzzled. Just go to SalemNow.com to get your copy of No Safe Spaces. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N if you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial 
industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and The Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, gotta, how, how can you not be impressed with uh, that uh, young woman who was just on the radio, Avita Duffy? She's a junior in college, and uh, you got to go to the Federalist at Federalist, thefederalist.com and read her piece. Long piece, lots of historical references, really, really well done. You would never on this earth believe that she's an, in, that an intern would write something that good for a, for a piece that has pretty high, for a site that has pretty high standards. But... I, as I said to her, I, I, I have a, I had an issue with a family member that's uh, been a victim of this snitching, uh, and it's been really ugly and stupid and sad and uh, infuriating. And I, I don't understand how, the, first of all, the kids put up with it. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to, I mean, it's been a long time since I was a college-aged kid. There's just no way on this earth that I would do, I mean, look, we had to stay in college because if we, if we, Left, we would we would lose our draft deferment and end up in Vietnam. So that that was an incentive to stay there. But if I had no reason to stay there, and I could go get myself a job until this insanity is over, the idea of me or my parents paying the kind of money that it would take to go to the University of Chicago and put up with that—it's stunning to me that anybody puts up with that for five minutes, and it's going to go on for who knows how much longer. It's sick, really, really sick. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.